Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And I'm pleased to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Lana Manganello, Director, Equinox Strategy Partners. Lana, how are you? I'm good. Hi, LA. It's nice to be here and I appreciate you inviting me. It's great to have you on the podcast today. And first off, for people that may not know, tell us about what Equinox Strategy Partners does and the work that you do with attorneys. Sure. So our firm is a consulting firm. We work primarily with law firms and lawyers that are interested in growing their practices. We do that primarily through business development training and individual coaching. And we work with law firms generally between 40 to 400 attorneys. Awesome. And what level of the law firm do you typically work with? Is it partners, associates, everything in between? Yeah, we have programs for uh, attorneys at every level. Anyone that is actively trying to grow their practice or pivot. So speaking of pivoting, (laughs) the pandemic has introduced maybe a number of different changes into business development. How have you you maybe changed or tweaked or introduced new ideas and concepts for attorneys, you know, your clients who are looking to build their books of business? Well, obviously, you know, we had to change everything when everyone went into shutdown mode and created all of our programs virtually where before we pretty much did everything in person. So it was a, it was a big shift for us, but it actually was a pretty smooth transition. And obviously if we're coaching and training to business development, we should be able to do that virtually if we're telling you (laughs) how you need to do this virtually. So that was a major shift for us and, and just working with all of our clients and new clients on how best to you know continue to service their existing clients and build upon those. There were a lot of opportunities in kind of this tragic pandemic. So you know, leveraging technology as best we can and being proactive was kind of the the theme of every conversation that we had. Well, tell me more about each of those things, more about leveraging technology and and how your clients are specifically doing that. And then also about being proactive and and what that means in the context of business development. Sure. So on the technology side, you know, I think we hear a lot about Zoom gloom or Zoom fatigue, but the truth is when you're trying to garner trust and develop a relationship, being able to see someone is so much more impactful than a phone call or an email. So I know it sounds pretty basic, but really at the beginning of of all of this, we were trying to help our clients to embrace Zoom or whatever video conferencing platforms they're using. So on the technology side, you know, the other part of that is because conferences and all of the general Uh, business development practices that involved getting together in person were not happening. Using the internet as a way to build credibility and just boost your visibility is something that we were 
coaching our clients to do. So leveraging LinkedIn, doing webinars, things around thought leadership that exist on, on the internet was obviously a, another focus. Yeah. And for um, a lot of people, that's, like, that's, that's a totally new skill set. Uh, doing a webinar and doing it in an engaged way is not easy to do. And jumping on LinkedIn and writing an article on LinkedIn is for a lot of attorneys is stepping way outside their comfort zone to really put themselves out there. But the ones that do, and I'm sure you've seen this with your clients, there's a lot of rewards that can come their way by doing that. Definitely. And I think that the thing that we try to encourage is taking baby steps. You know, a lot of times marketing professionals come up with kind of a grand uh, social media strategy that involves a lot of parts. And so that can be overwhelming. And so, uh, you know, we find that attorneys will say they hate social media because of that. But then once they start to kind of put their toe in the water and post some things, repurpose some of the things that they've already done kind of with a, a twist around what's happening today and the engagement and feedback that they get boosts their confidence and gets them more interested and excited about using those types of platforms. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point about taking baby steps and seeing the results and and getting encouraged to do more. And I I guess when it comes to something like social media or, you know, and LinkedIn being, being a prominent one, there's maybe three different types of, of posts that can be done. One is the attorney does their own post, right? They write their own post or article and put that out there. The other one would be the firm's marketing department does a post or an article and puts that out there. And the third would be the law firm actually outsources the social media activity or a portion of the social media activity to an outside vendor to do some of the posting for them. What's been your experience with with those three different ways of getting social media content out there? I mean, there's value in all three. I think one of the things that people sometimes miss if they're using outside um, resources to do their campaigns is the connection component. So really engaging with people and being hyper specific and tailoring what your message is. I think it's really important to kind of define how you want to be known in the marketplace and it's difficult to outsource that. So you know, using the platform as a vehicle to kind of highlight the type of work you want more of and where your expertise lays, and then figuring out how best to convey that information to the right people and then engage with those that that are showing some interest. Absolutely. And you know, certainly the gold standard is having the attorneys put out their own content because <laughs> you know it's uh, it's much more intimate and targeted and authentic that way but it's not always possible. So it's great to have those other alternatives. You know, one of the things we talk about when we talk about business development and we're making the case with associates saying, hey, look, you should learn this skill of business development. It's super important for your advancement as an attorney. And we say that over and over again, building business development skills is really important for you to have a fantastic career in the legal field. That's a message I communicate pretty often. What's your perspective on that? So with younger attorneys and kind of what are these skills, I think it's just, these are human 
behaviors. And so, you know, when they're categorized as business development, there may be this feeling that it's something out of the usual. But the the truth is attorneys just need to be maintaining and building relationships. So, you know, especially with earlier career attorneys or younger attorneys, you know, making sure that they stay in touch with colleagues from previous firms, alumni, being proactive about building relationships internally and with other legal professionals, I think is is something that's really important goes a long way early on in your career. And building those relationships can pay you know, a number of different dividends besides just referrals, right? There's just the, the fulfillment you get from getting to know people and interacting with them and helping them and, and helping them be successful. And there's also other kinds of benefits too that you could get in terms of your career. What have you seen, Lana, in terms of the overlap between business development and career fulfillment? Well, I mean, I think the the point of all of it is to build relationships and that should be fun. And you also are the one kind of directing your energy. So choose people that you enjoy getting to know and you enjoy their company. I think that is kind of the main point is, you know, if, if you have to put energy into growing your practice, why don't you do it in a way that creates opportunities around matters that are of interest to you in some way, um, a special, like a special interest to you, and then working with people that you're especially interested in. Because, you know, nothing drains the life out of business development more than knowing that you're about to torture yourself with someone that you, you know, don't enjoy being around uh, for a business lunch or, or working on Matt, like, you know, I think people think growth is just business coming in the door, but when you're working on a ton of matters that are also draining the life out of you, either because they're boring or whatever reason you have for not actually enjoying the work, you definitely are, are missing the mark on the business development front. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, the irony is that attorneys have a tremendous amount of opportunity to choose the work that they want to do. And if it's not the exact kind of law that you practice today, you can ramp up and learn it and get into that field. So they can find work that they really, really enjoy. And because of that, and because they're out there as a professional service provider, as an attorney, they can also choose to connect with those people that they enjoy being with. So they should be able to enjoy business development and building those relationships, and they should be able to find the work uh, fulfilling. And it's unfortunate that it doesn't always hit the mark. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that you can do with a JD um, to kind of resolve yourself to just hating your work doesn't make sense to me. So I am always trying to work with attorneys to help them kind of identify what is going to make their practice most enjoyable. Yeah. And as part of that, maybe you've, you've seen some of this, you mentioned Zoom fatigue, this, this whole idea of taking law firms, which you know, most law firms had everyone come into the offices or the office and now moving people remotely. Uh, there's a lot of talk about what's going to change now that you know places are starting to open up all around the country and all around the world. What's going to happen with law offices? Are they going to insist on going back to the way it was before? 
Are they going to stay virtual and maybe renegotiate rents? Are they going to do something in between? And all of these things have impacts on the culture of the firm and how the attorneys enjoy working there. And so because you're involved in a lot of you know, business development conversations with these firms, with these associates, what are your thoughts on what's going to change uh, in law firms after the pandemic? Well, I think, you know, whether or not it's mandated to come back, I think the general consensus, there, there was just an ABA survey that most people are looking for flexibility. And so, you know, it, it's kind of dependent on what the leadership is thinking. But, you know, if you're mandating people come back full time, you're, you're probably going to miss the mark and you're going to suffer the consequences. And what are those consequences, Lana? <laughs> well, I think young, talented attorneys that are looking at two different firms um, and where all else is equal and one is offering some flexibility in how you can work and one is mandating you're in the office five days a week, you know, the, those young talented people are going to take option B or, or the flexible option every time. So, you know, I, I think that there's a ton of value in being in person, but the pandemic has shown us that we can do work virtually. So having that flexibility, I think is really going to be the expectation moving forward. And it will be up to the law firm's to be able to facilitate in-person opportunities to do all the things that we're now missing in regards to building relationships and culture and getting collaboration and all of those things uh, in person. And also recognizing that technology is now part of the way that we work and how best do we use technology. So, you know, it's, it's not something that I think you can leave up to the individual practitioners if you want to see the best results. So the firm facilitating these things in regular interactions. Um, and I really think that it's going to be a blend of the virtual and in-person and everything is just going to have to be much more intentional and facilitated to really create that culture and, and have the buy-in of, of all of the practitioners, you know, to make sure that there are continuing to enjoy being part of the firm and feeling connected to it and, you know, make it worth being at a firm at all. Yeah. It really strikes to the heart of what makes a law firm more than just a number of attorneys who are willing to refer business to each other and share the overhead and share the cost of space. You know, it's like, there's more to a law firm than just that. There's a culture, there's a collegiality. and how these firms preserve that or how that idea even changes over time is going to be really interesting. I'm not sure how it's going to play out, but I know it's going to be, it's going to be a very interesting thing to observe. And I know different firms are going to pursue different paths. Right. And I mean, even pre-pandemic, you mentioned um, attorneys that are willing to refer work internally you know, we're both improvisers and see plenty of people who are not necessarily sending work internally. And yeah. I think that's a function of the fact that, you know, they don't necessarily know everyone at their firm or trust them. Or, I mean, the compensation piece of it is a different story. But, you know, 
there was room for improvement pre-pandemic on figuring out how to get attorneys to talk to one another and really understand each other's expertise and trust one another in a way that creates opportunities for cross-selling and um and now it's even worse. So I think you know it'll be up to the firm leadership to really facilitate these types of interactions. And it'll, again, just be a, a combination of doing things virtually and in person. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Lana. It's something I've, I've run into uh, from time to time in law firms with multiple practice areas, especially when you know, they start to add a number of people or a number of, of counsel. In your work with firms, Lana, you know, how important is uh, this idea of maximizing cross-selling opportunities to the work that you do? And what are some specific strategies that you teach your clients so that they can really refer the maximum amount of work within the firm versus letting it escape? Well, I definitely think that it's in the client's best interest if you can collaborate internally and help them on a variety of matters and bringing, you know, experts to the table to help them with these matters. So with that in mind, you know, it's, it's of everyone's uh, best interest to facilitate this kind of cross-selling opportunity. And then I would say, you know, as far as making that happen, again, it's just a matter of, of building trust internally and having the opportunity to educate your colleagues as to when to think of you. And, you know, it's, it's the same thing that we all do when we're looking outside of the firm, just educating the right audiences. And it's something that, you know, often gets overlooked internally, but I think there's so much business right there inside of your own firm. If you're willing to spend the energy to really get to know your colleagues and their clients and their expertise. Yeah. And that's the key is, you know, treating the people, the attorneys in the firm as you would a referral partner outside of the firm and taking the time to build that one-on-one relationship with them, whether it's through Zoom or whether it's in person. And also, you know, putting yourself out there by, for example, visiting meetings of other practice groups, listening in, learning about what they all do and telling them a little bit about what you do. And of course, the best way to uh, to get business is to give business. So always thinking about what everyone else in the firm does and trying to bring business in, not just for yourself and your book, but for the entire firm. Exactly. And it, I think it's, it's easier. <laughs> They're all there. You have all their phone <laughs> numbers and emails. So, you know, I, I'm always working with lawyers on generating new opportunities and it's so much easier when when we're looking internally. And yeah, so exactly what you're saying. I think it's a, a lost opportunity for, for those individuals who aren't proactively making that part of their business development process. Yeah. And for these young associates or, or people that are not necessarily as experienced in business development and who are getting involved in it now because they want to make partner or, or for whatever reason, they want to build their book of business. The pandemic has come along and now thrown everything up into the Zoom world. And now we're going back to a really interesting thing where now you can meet people in person or you can meet people via Zoom. And that is going to create some interesting business development trade-offs for attorneys because it's maybe tempting to jump on a Zoom call versus, you know, getting your car and 
and drive an hour and meet with somebody, then drive an hour back or more. It takes up half a day. Lana, how do you see these people that are new to business development making those decisions of, yeah, you know, it's worth a Zoom meeting with this kind of relationship or this person. And with this other person, I really should be taking the time and making the effort to go out and meet with them face-to-face in person. Yeah, I think it's a huge opportunity. And actually, you know, you're probably in a better position now than you were pre-pandemic in that people who may not have been willing to meet with you before because, you know, they weren't willing to meet you in person. And that was kind of the, the, the fallback is inviting someone to lunch or, you know, picking someone's brain, which is my least favorite (laughs) phrase. Um, But, you know, if, if there's a senior partner at your firm and you you're interested in talking with them and you maybe wouldn't have been able to get on their calendar. Now they are on zoom all day and are probably not traveling. And so they're, they're potentially more available and the commitment is lower because, you know, you can have a 15, 20 minute conversation. So in that regard, I think it's a huge plus you'll be able to connect with people initially through technology that maybe you wouldn't have had access to before. And what I think will happen and what I'm seeing with our clients and even just within my own business development is people leverage technology to have initial conversations and really kind of initiate the 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 relationship and and feel out, you know, whether or not this is a mutually beneficial opportunity and then from there looking at meeting in person to elevate the the relationship. And what I, I mean, I really think that we can use technology to build trust to the point where people can decide whether or not you're competent enough to work with them on their matters. So meeting in person is more going to facilitate friendships and personal relationships and shared experiences um, because you won't need to be, you know, building credibility in person, you can do that through the channels we've talked about already. And um, getting together is a way to really elevate the relationship. And you're only going to want to do that with people you enjoy being around. So yeah, you you absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Lana. Uh, and now I found that in my experience too, you know, with everything shifting to remote, it's really helped me build business relationships faster and easier than I ever have before. It's been it's been transformative in that regard, but it's been much, much tougher to build genuine friendships with people who I've never met in person. And so, yeah, I think you're spot on with that, with that point. So as, as attorneys are navigating this, uh, this new landscape, what are like three specific points of advice that you would give to attorneys who are interested in growing their books of business? I think the first thing that I notice is with everything going virtual, there's less of a geographic constraint to your practice. And so as you can kind of expand who your clients are, because you can work with them remotely, I think it's really important to to narrow in on your position in the marketplace in the most focused way. So really defining your niche and identifying exactly who your target client is in the most narrow way. Um, So 
you know, that that's my first piece of advice. And also, you know, we had talked about using the internet to raise your visibility and, you know, spouting off how you're the best corporate attorney in the Bay area isn't really going to land with anybody. Um, so <laughs> probably if you, not. If you can get really focused on exactly what your messaging is towards your, your kind of unique audience, I think you you'll get a lot more leverage out of uh, the tools that are available to us today. And then the third piece, I think just remembering that we're all human beings and kind of this, this unique experience that has created a lot of extra stress. And I think th- that we saw people in a, a more intimate way, you know, when we're Zooming with them at their house and knowing uh, more about them and their kids. And, you know, attorneys aren't naturally opening themselves up to being vulnerable, but I think it really created a lot of genuine trust with people faster. Um, So I think figuring out a way to maintain that kind of human connection is an imperative piece to, to continuing to be able to build trust in this way of, you know, leveraging technology to initiate relationships and, then ultimately, you know, transitioning that into, I mean, you, there's plenty of uh, examples of companies outside of legal where everything that they do is virtual. And, you know, these are, these are tech companies, companies that are doing million dollar deals every day, and they just understand how to, to use technology and move people along through their process where they're comfortable and confident you know, hiring them. Yeah. And I love that you included the the human aspect of that about relationships and about the shared experience because, you know, business development, it's not really about X's and O's. X's and, X's and O's is a way for us to teach, but what we're teaching is we're teaching people to connect as people. That's how you build the relationships. And, and that's how you ultimately build your book of business. It's by connecting with other people as as people, right? And having this amazing experience and building these deep relationships and building these friendships. And so I love that you included that because it's an absolutely critical piece. So Lana, as we're uh, as wrapping up here, what excites you about the future and Equinox strategy partners? Well, um, we're doing a lot of fun things. And, you know, I think that the future of business development and and the way that law firms are creating resources to level up their practitioners around business development is really a focus. You know, we've heard a lot about burnout and kind of the things that were happening before the pandemic and the fact that everyone is virtual now and a lot of people will remain virtual create opportunities for law firms to implement systems and strategies where they're able to facilitate the things that are missing that create burnout, like, you know, genuine friendships and connection to the firm. Um, So a lot of the programs that we have launched in the last few months are around leveraging technology to get people to interact 
practice in a meaningful way that adds value to their practice and to the firm. And then coupling that with in-person, really thought through and intentional uh, workshops and meetings to kind of take, take those initial relationships to the next level. So that's something I'm certainly excited about just because we're already seeing some exciting results from kind of this group that sometimes was neglected on the business development front, you know, the the earlier career attorneys, but I think it's so important to include business development based on the things we talked about as far as career fulfillment. If you feel like you have some autonomy in the the path that you're taking in your career, it's more likely that you're going to feel content with your firm and your work. So I'm, I'm very excited about that just because I want lawyers to be happy. Yeah, that's, that's really, <laughs> I think that's what we all want. And, and these themes that you are projecting forward and these issues that, that you guys are addressing are going to be with the legal community for at least the next several years, uh, if not well beyond that. So that's gotta be super exciting that, that you're going to be a part of, uh, of increasing the happiness of lawyers, right? That's the idea. Uh, that's why you do what you do. And that's why I do what I do. And Lana, if people want to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. So it's Lana Manganello with Equinox Strategy Partners. And I'm also available via email, lmanganello at equinoxstrategy.com. Lana, thank you so much for being on Lawyer Business Advantage today. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Likewise, this was so fun. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember... You can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.